The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Uh, shortly after this show wrapped up yesterday, we learned details of Alberta's first presumptive case of COVID-19. Alberta's chief medical officer of health confirmed it was a woman in her 50s from the Calgary area. And today I'm here to announce that the first presumptive case of COVID-19 has been detected in Alberta. Although the testing done has not yet been confirmed at the national lab, we believe that it is important to take immediate public health action to prevent the possibility of spread while we wait for confirmation. The individual is a woman in her 50s who appears to have contracted the virus while aboard the Grand Princess cruise ship in California. The individual who lives in the Calgary zone returned on February 21st. She has been isolated at home since February 28th. The individual is recovering at home and is expected to make a full recovery. Now, as you heard Eileen mention, uh, the province is holding another news conference at 4 o'clock. We'll be carrying it live right here on 6.30 Ched. Now, just a short time before that announcement, the Edmonton Zone Medical Staff Association sent a media press release saying the government's, quote, lack of readiness was putting Albertans at risk. Dr. Hinshaw was asked about it during yesterday's news conference. So that uh, release from the Edmonton Zone Medical Staff Association is a really great opportunity to ensure that all of the work that we've been doing with multiple partners is reaching everyone it needs to. Uh, so certainly we're taking that very seriously. We have been working very closely with Alberta Health Services, the Alberta Medical Association, the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Alberta, and primary health care networks to ensure that we're collaborating in this response, and that we are getting information out. So again, I... I um, was concerned to see that message, but it is a great opportunity to work closely with that group and make sure that our messaging um, is getting out. I would say that uh, there is a frequently asked questions document that's just been posted to Alberta Health Services uh, that went up even before the the uh, memo went out. So it's kind of a coincidence that um, the Edmonton Zone Medical Staff Association released this information. And today there was also this uh, frequently asked questions for physicians that's been posted, um, but we are using multiple means, uh, faxes, emails, um, word of mouth, working with PCNs, uh, and we have been for many weeks, so clearly we, we need to ramp up our efforts and we will continue to do so and work closely with partners to get that message out. And the president of the community, community of Physicians for the Edmonton Zone Medical Staff Association is Dr. Donald Wilson. He joins us now. Dr. Wilson, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you today? Really good, thanks. Just want to clarify off the top here, you do not work for the Alberta Medical Association, do you? No, I'm a representative, though, for the Edmonton Zone, but I don't work for the AMA, and I'm not part of any negotiations. All right. Uh, thank you for that. And uh, just let, let's get to it. I mean, this uh, this news release that went out um, uh, citing the government's lack of readiness was, was putting Albertans at risk. How is the province not ready? What risk are we looking at? Well, I think we, we got to go back to how uh, doctors gain information. So the way that it has generally been thought of is that uh, uh, we all work in different areas. We work for different organizations. But in Alberta, the one place that all physicians must sort of gather or get information is through the College of Physicians and Surgeons. And traditionally, Alberta Health Services and Alberta Health has released information to the uh, College of Physicians and Surgeons who disseminate that through various means, whether that be email or, or telephone or messaging. 
And that single line of messaging is a, is a great way to get information to us. Uh, but then I hear uh, that we, we, we're being told that uh, there's all this discussion going on with various groups. And to be honest, even after yesterday's uh, perhaps a positive COVID-19, uh, as of 1230 today, I've received no information from anyone. So I have uh, Alberta Health Services saying, well, they're reaching out to us. Uh, but it, to be honest, um, they aren't. And, and I continue to wait. And even after yesterday's news, I continue to wait. You're still waiting. Dr. Hinshaw is saying that she was concerned uh, with the letter, but it was an opportunity to work uh, to work closely together. Um, but it doesn't seem like that's happening, or at least, you know, uh, maybe the talk was the talk yesterday, but the walk hasn't been the walk today. Well, let's, let's be clear. I don't work for Alberta Health Services either. Okay. And I think we have to, to, to separate that out. So when we have the health minister or various uh, members, including their communication staff, saying Alberta Health Services is reaching out, they're not reaching out to community physicians. Uh, we are small business people. We run a business, and that business is the business of providing primary care. So uh, this government seems to not quite understand, and then we see this back and forth in various communications over the last several months, that I don't work for government directly. I'm a small businessman. Mm -hmm. So Alberta Health Services can be reaching out to their people, but that does not include me. They can say that they're using primary care networks to get information to us, but let's be honest, I belong to two primary care networks within my, uh, my clinic, neither one of which has reached out with any information dealing with COVID-19 or pandemic planning. And we did some phoning around today, and we can find no primary care network to the ones we've tried mm. that has released any information to community physicians. So that doesn't work. So we hear about these things. We hear about all this communication, but it's not coming out. Mm. And, and to take this a step farther, the community at large, you know, the, the population and your listeners, they want information too, yeah. and they're not getting it. And, and Alberta Health Services, to my knowledge, and I don't, don't pay that close attention, but they haven't really provided good information that people can can utilize so the public gets afraid and then the public starts to hoard things and yeah. we hear about all of that well we don't need to be afraid we just need to be uh listened to we need to have proper information that we can disseminate and we need to allow the public to voice its fears but then to be able to be given information that they can utilize appropriately so what do you need right now who are you looking at and saying okay we need to get some information now we need to know about equipment we need to know about all of this sort of stuff where does that where who, who are you pointing the finger at well i'm not pointing any fingers i'm okay. not pointing to anyone I, i'm saying that you know the government and i'm sure the government and alberta health services and alberta health have lots of plans and, and meetings but let's be serious here according to the alberta health yesterday in the news they meet once a week mm. which i think if that is true that seems to be a little bit light and a changing situation that is that is you know occupying a lot of a lot of our concerns and the second thing about about this is uh they're not getting it down to the people that matter nobody's coming to community physicians and saying look we want you at the table we want your input what can you do and how are you going to implement the government's plans to deal with this crisis we're the guys that are going to implement it us and the emergency room physicians yeah but we're not at the table hmm do you have uh, you, you mentioned uh, uh, you've been quoted as talking about uh, not having some of the equipment that you need to do the job what does that look like well in my particular clinic you know we're we're quite uh, you know thinking ahead all the time okay. we have lots of equipment um, but we have a government that's you know essentially said well it's up to you to purchase this stuff 
we can't purchase it. And in fact, the World Health Organization came out yeah. uh, at the Director General's uh, remarks uh, uh, two days ago and stated clearly that there are shortages worldwide and doctors, nurses and frontline healthcare workers are dangerously ill-equipped and, and to deal with COVID-19. They, they, this is the World Health Organization mm-hmm. and yet our government has said, well, to be honest, that's your problem. And then the Alberta Health said yesterday, look, we're reaching out to physicians and we'll get them the appropriate uh, personal protective equipment as they need. And I would turn around and say, great, who's reaching out to me so that I know who to expect? <laughs> uh, how do I get the equipment that I need? Uh, and and what is the process? So again, uh, mm. we've been left out of the discussion. What are you expecting here over the next, uh, over the coming days, over the coming weeks? Well, COVID-19 is going to spread, and, and that's, a, that's a given. Um, to be honest, I'm surprised that we only have one so far. Uh, I'm not an expert in uh, community medicine in that regard, but I think we're going to see more cases. My concern is, is twofold. I think I'm concerned about myself and, and, and getting infected. Let's, let's be clear, this is not influenza. Mm-hmm. This, this has a much higher death rate than influenza does, and there is no treatment for it. There is no immunizations for it. So this is a different thing. I'm worried about my staff. How do my staff protect themselves? I'm worried about the public in my waiting room. I'm worried about the public at large. So let me give you a good example. Somebody comes into my office. We're concerned they have the infection. We do everything appropriately with my office. Then we say we'd like you to self-isolate. The first thing that person is going to do, because they're going to be self-isolating in two weeks, is go to the drugstore and get their drugs, go to the grocery store and get groceries, get the supplies they think they're going to need, and do all those other things, they're banking and all those things they're going to need to do if they have to be locked down for two weeks. There isn't a proper plan. That That is the thing that we look at as community physicians and say, nobody's actually uh, uh, helping us tell things to our patients. What's the plan to get them food? Mm. What's the plan to help them with their work? Can they take the time off work? These are all issues that need to be addressed, and we don't see that. So my patients are worried, and I think the community at large is worried, and they have a right to have proper leadership and answers from the government But as physicians, we also deserve the same information so that we can implement the policies the government is developing to deal with this crisis. And that is our job, but we're not part of that discussion again. Uh, Dr. Wilson, it seems like that would be a no-brainer. Well, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I, I, I think that, to be honest, I think primary care and I think community physicians are not valued. And I don't think they're valued in this uh, in this uh, government. And I and I think that I could go on about that and the the current negotiations, which is not my place, with between the AMA mm. and the government. We are not a valued member, and yet in Britain, more information came out today that stated clearly that primary care is the bellwether and the people that need to be supported. The CDC has come out repeatedly, including last week, stating that primary care not only needs to be at the table, they need the funding and the equipment necessary to do this. And finally, the World Health Organization, as late as Wednesday, said this is a problem of getting primary care covered, protected, and out there doing the job. It is the first place where people are going to go, either that or the emergency room. Absolutely. And, you know, patients also have questions about travel. They have questions about what am I going to do at work? They have questions about what are they going to do if they're told to self-isolate? And and I think we try very hard as primary care to provide up-to-date information. But if we're not getting it from government and we hunt around for it, and we do, uh, we're getting it from the media like anyone else. And let me let me clarify one thing about the, the frequently asked questions that came out from Alberta Health just about the time we released our mm-hmm. press release. 
that was our idea that we related to Alberta Health Services on Monday. We said, why don't you get a fax so that we have something for frequently asked questions? <laughs> that didn't come from them. That was our communications directly with them on, on Monday. Dr. Wilson, uh, I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon and uh, we'll be watching this closely and I, and I hope that you get the information that you need and uh, in turn being able to turn it around to your patients and to the community uh, that needs it as well. Thank you for updating uh, on this and I look forward to talking to you again sometime. Oh, thank you very much and anytime just give us a call. Thank you so much. Dr. Donald Wilson joining us this afternoon. He's the president of Community, Community Physicians for the Edmonton Zone Medical Staff Association. We'll take a break here when we come back uh, with what has happened over the past 24 hours. We're going to dial up microbiologist Jason Tetro. You know him. He's the author of The Germ Code, The Germ Files. We'll get the latest from him.